from Rochester, New York, the city that knocks him dead with Susie B, Freddie D, and the Mount Hope Cemetery, this is FC3 Monkey Business, your one-stop shop for everything geeky, starring Billy DeTori, Tanya Metris, and Chris Frank in stunning grayscale. And here's your host, Chris Frank. Yay me. Yay you. Yay me. Hi, Billy. Hi, Chris. Hi, Tanya. Hello. Hello, Wayne. Hey. Thanks for joining us again. All right. No problem. Good to see you, man. Hey, isn't um, Rod Serling buried in in Mount Hope? I, Is Rod Serling buried? There? I know he died in Rochester. He died Rochester at Rochester General. At, I thought he died at Strong. I thought oh, he died at Strong. Oh, Tanya. Mistress of the research. Can <laughs> you I find thought he that was up? buried in... Uh, he might be. In, um, I know he's local. Isn't he from the Ithaca area? Yeah, he's Ithaca. Yeah. And his daughter still lives in that neck of the woods. Yeah. She comes up every so often for various talks and whatnot. Lakeview Cemetery, Interlake, and Seneca. There you go. Okay. No, so, no kidding. So the answer is no to your question. Okay. However, we do have some information on that one. The legendary host himself. You're now entering a dimension of sight and sound. You know, the new Twilight Zone is pretty good. Is it? Is that yes. the one? Who's behind that one? Um, Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele. Okay. And I know in a couple weeks, uh, Fathom Events does those one-night-only things at movie theaters. There's the 60th anniversary yeah. of Twilight Zone. Coming six episodes plus some extras and uh, uh, Rod Serling uh, biography type of thing. So I might go to that. I love the Twilight Zone. It's a great show. Yeah. Good stuff. I have not checked it out. The and new the, new stuff one, yet, but... the new one you can either watch in color uh-huh. or black and white. Oh, you can choose? You can choose. That's oh, cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That is cool. I like that. Now, is they, have they tapped a lot of the, like, the classic episodes? or There's stuff in there if you know the classic. Like There's one Easter of them, eggs. Yeah, Easter eggs. They're, they're, one of them, they're space guys. They're suits. Mm-hmm. They all say Whipples. Okay. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's the brain center. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, they do a lot of stuff. They did my Nightmare. They do a new version of Nightmare at 30,000 feet. Okay. So, yes, they do do. It's pretty good. Nice. Hey, Chris. How you doing over there? I'm good. I'm very good. I'm uh, I'm boring. I, I like too much just staying home with, with Susan and the cats to have many adventures, but I, I'm There's having, nothing wrong with yeah. that, man. I'm telling you, I, I, I've learned to appreciate some quiet time at home lately. Mm-hmm. You know, with as chaotic as our lives have been, you know, with everything going on with the convention, with our regular work day, with, you know, the kids, with dog, et cetera, et cetera. Having those moments to just kind of sit back mm-hmm. and put your feet up and say, all right, this is as far as I'm going today. Those days are treasured, man. So yeah. I completely respect that. So I, I don't have any good stories about adventures in Radioville mm-hmm. or anything, but. It's all right. You don't need it all the time. I get up too early. So. We got some sunshine for a change of pace. Look at that. Wow. That's amazing. That. You don't like the weather in Rochester? Just wait five minutes. Literally, because the rain and the fog that we uh, we've been seeing it all. We have been seeing it all in the past couple of days. Tanya and I just went upstairs to the candy machine, and it was pouring. Yeah, come downstairs, and it's bright sunshine with a blue sky. The difference of time: five minutes and levels. (laughs) Yes, yeah. She went up to the seventeenth floor, and uh, it was pouring up there. But you know, you come down ten feet, and you know now it's bright and sunny. Yeah. Okay. Hang on there. Hi Wayne, I'm hey. about to, I get my I'm about to get my ass kicked from my right side over here. Oh, hello. Whoa. Okay. Are <laughs> <laughs> you trying to pick him up by the back of his neck like a cat? Yeah, scruff. Um, I don't think I could. So one of the cool reasons, one of the main reasons I wanted to bring Wayne in today is because he has such a great depth and knowledge of science fiction. And we've missed him. And we've missed him. <laughs> we haven't seen him in a while. And so I'm glad that he's been able to join us the past couple of weeks. And, you know, in sci-fi people, there's a lot of folks who are just casual observers, right? So sci-fi is all-encompassing. It just means <clears throat> this thing. Yeah. Um, but there are different nuances and echelons and types just with it. A sci-fi yes. is like a general heading. And yes. then you've got hard sci-fi and... Soft sci-fi. Soft and cyberpunk and... Um, space opera. Punk, yeah, space opera. You know, stuff like that. And, uh, and so... You know, like Star Wars is not really sci-fi in your opinion. I think you it's and I've talked about this before. It's fantasy. I think. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I think you've even brought up the space opera aspect of mm-hmm. it as well. Yeah, it, it does have space opera. You know, because it's not really, it's not looking at the future. It's not showing you technology that we haven't. It's an everyday thing for them. It it and it creates the setting for the drama of yes. the story. Mm-hmm. So, in in your in your opinion, what what exactly would be hard sci-fi? What is that classic Jeez. kind of solid hard? Is that Asimov, Bradbury, Ellison, stuff like but that? But they've all written some of 
everything. Uh-huh. Uh, like David Weber's been doing a lot of Anna Harrington books, and those are hard. Well, those are space opera. Mm-hmm. But they're kind of hard science, too. Um, if you look at, um, who would I say? Uh, maybe Heinlein. Heinlein was a lot of hard science fiction. It's it Robert or Richard Heinlein? Robert, Robert. Robert. Robert Heinlein. And Clark. Clark, definitely hard science fiction. Okay. And that's the guy who buying the 2001 series. 2001, yes. A space oddity. Odyssey. Odyssey. Sorry. Oddity was David Bowie. David Bowie. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you have different genres, different types, different feels. What, what What's your favorite and what brings you, you to to science fiction the, the most? What's, what's going to be that catnip that gets Wayne's attention? I don't know. I've been reading a lot lately. Mm-hmm. And... And I watch stuff, and there's a lot to watch, mm-hmm. too much to watch. Um, yeah. One of the ideas I have for a panel is at um, FC3 uh-huh. is, like, I got rid of my $80 a month cable bill, and now I got a $100 a month streaming bill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've discussed that. We've had a podcast about that, yeah. We, we've done a podcast about how, you know, the streaming services um, – or it can be just as dangerous as as the uh, the because the, there's the cable something services. on everyone I'd want to watch, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I have to buy everyone to watch it, mm-hmm. and it's like that's the trap, isn't it? Yeah, and it's like, but you but the thing is, I I came to the conclusion that I didn't mind spending a little bit more because I knew exactly I was getting what I wanted for a change. Yes, I wasn't getting a thousand channels of crap and like QVC and all these other channels that I would never watch. I'm getting <clears> stuff that I actually wanted to get my hands on. Which which kind of softens the blow a little bit yeah. more, in terms of spending that money on you know you might be spending a little bit more but you're spending it on something you you actually wanted to see, right. Right. which makes it a little easier. So, but yes, hard hard science fiction. I think I, I don't know. I like lots of science fiction. I read I read fantasy. I mm-hmm. read lots of stuff. I just finished the um, Calculating Stars by Mary Robinette Cowell, mm-hmm. and I'm about to start one by Tim Pratt. I can't remember the name of it because he's the author guest of honor at um, PhilCon next month. Okay, and so I say I should read some of his stuff, <laughs> and there's just so much stuff out there to read, and it, like same thing, there's so much stuff to watch too. And do you ever get like overwhelmed? I mean, I like I mentioned in last week's episode, I've seen you now for, as a science fiction fan for 30 years. Is that possible? When we mentioned yeah. your TV show last the, week. Your so TV show was in the late, 80s, wasn't Late it? 80s. No, it started. When did you do our first one? 82, 83? Okay, so over 30 years. <laughs> what was it called? I'm sure I can Reality reason. Fast Forward. So you've been a science fiction fan. You're, we, dis, we discovered you're in your 60s now. So I'm assuming you've been following science fiction since 10, 15, 10 to 15, somewhere in there? Probably around 10. I mean, my first mm-hmm. books were like the Danny Dunn series, like Danny Dunn in the Homework Machine, oh, Danny Dunn in the Anti-Gravity Paint, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. So do you ever go back to your early favorite stuff? Yeah. Or is there always... One of the books I like is The Runaway Robot by Lester Del Rey. And mm. that's juvenile science fiction where mm-hmm. kid and his robot, they got to leave Ganymede, but they can't take the robot. So the kid decides to take the robot and stow away and get back to Earth. Hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, it's his never ending as trying to catch up on every movie you've missed. Every yeah. Is there stuff... Do you have... Just stacks of books that you haven't read, but really want to. Oh, you, I think we all do. Yeah. yeah, and I haven't read my comics in like the last couple of, in like the last month. You just go get your pull list, bring I it home. I get my pull list, bring it home. I haven't bagged or boarded them, but I'm gonna. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> me too. We all have that. We, you know, and seriously, we all have that. We're like, we have that stack. We're gonna get to eventually. I promise. I got close a couple months ago, and then <clears throat> I stopped, and now I just have another stack of yeah, things. Yeah, I got I. Yeah, a couple months ago, I had a Saturday or a Sunday. I was home that weekend. It was not my alternate D&D mm-hmm. weekend, so I don't have anything to do that weekend. And I bagged and boarded a bunch of stuff, put it away, which just sucks because it's like 30 boxes of books, and I got them alphabetized, and I got to move them around to get to the mm-hmm. – put them in the right spot. Uh-huh. And it's like – that's the hardest part. Yeah. Moving the boxes to put the Zs over here and the Bs over here and the – 
and they're in alphabetical order, and they've got them like stacked like four high. Well, you've you've commented on my dilemma. Do I move my Jimmy Olsons from J to S for Superman's pale Jimmy Olsen? Yeah. <laughs> it's under J for Jimmy Olsen. Yeah, it <laughs> currently is, but people are right. It is Superman's pale Jimmy Olsen. But the in- new version of Jimmy Olsen on my on my software mm-hmm. comes under Jimmy Olsen, yeah. not Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. So, but I've got a lot of comics to move. Yeah. Oh. Uh, but, and the boxes fill up. Yeah. And then you got to move everything yeah. to make space. And you want to make enough space so that the next time you have space. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, it's full too. What, what do we know, between all of us, what do we know about the history of science fiction? Is it something that's been around for only a recent period of time? I mean, we can all reflect back on Jules Verne, who wrote Mary the, Shelley. Mary Shelley. And, you know, yeah, because um, Frankenstein's kind of science fiction, yeah, well, more than is. horror. Because they call Mary Shelley the mother of science fiction. Uh-huh. Um, then you can also, if you want to include Greek mythology. I wasn't planning on going that far back, but yeah, that's a, we could probably work with you that. Yeah, you got Beowulf. Beowulf is more fantasy, isn't it? Uh, yeah, that's fantasy, but it's still... <laughs> is, it, is science I, fiction a big umbrella that I fits a lot of stuff? I a big umbrella that fits everything. Everything's science fiction, then you branch off into all the different... Mm-hmm. Things. It's so sort it's, of like it's rock more than and just... roll in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame right. that includes soul and rap. And right. Yeah, so science fiction is more than just spaceships and laser beams. Well, I think so. So as many historians believe that science fiction is as old as civilization itself. Really? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Do they give an example in that uh, particular write-up? Some of the earliest surviving works of ancient science fiction literature included the Epic of Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh, yeah. The ancient literary relics Ooh, I of... hated him with the Smurfs. I'm telling you. <laughs> that's, that's Gargamel. Gil- that's Gargamel. <laughs> oh. Oh. The ancient literary relics Ramayana. Yana? Ramayana? I think that's Indian. And Mahabharata, as well as Arabian Nights, Lucian's The True Story, and others. But see, that's fantasy, kind of. That's not precursors tech. of science fiction right. because they exhibit the fantastical elements right. Although they lack the characteristics that really make up science and technology, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so um, it's kind of fantasy science. That they are likened to modern science fiction, including the mechanical birds, the idea of tra- time travel, human-like machines, the concept and quest for eternal life, as well as others. Hmm. Icarus, who uh-huh. with the with the wings. wings. Mm-hmm. Icarus and Daedalus. Don't, yeah. don't fly too close to the sun. Yeah. So. It is kind of science fiction, but they didn't have science back then. They had mythology and they had... It was then called proto-science fiction. Yeah. Proto-science. Okay. It has elements that are associated with science fiction before the recognition and acceptance of science fiction as a true and distinct genre. Hmm. So there you go. So there you have it. So science fiction's been around a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just seems to be that thing that just kind of popped up in like since the 40s, 30s, 40s, 50s. You know, War of the Worlds yes. and um, it became Foundation. Because what? I'm going to PhilCon, and this year's PhilCon is the 82nd PhilCon. Mm-hmm. And I think they started in 1936. Wow. And PhilCon, now is that Philadelphia? Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. Was... Except it's in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, but it's <laughs> Philadelphia. Did it start in Philadelphia <laughs> and yes, move? Yes, it started in Philadelphia. Was it a guy named Phil involved? No. <laughs> and it's like, well, a big, the big, it costs money to be in Philadelphia, and the Adams Mark got torn down like the Radisons being torn down out here. <clears throat> yeah, we're and hearing that. So they went to the next bigger place was Cherry Hill, New, New Jersey, which is right across the river. Oh, I see. Okay, so it wasn't that huge of a jump for them. No. Got it. It's just a jump to the left. And then a step to the right. Put your hands on your hips. And bring your knees in tight. It's, uh, <laughs> that was. So we keep going with it. That's a little science fiction, isn't it? Is. it? That is a lot of science fiction. It's a, yeah, like creating yeah. a new monster. It's yeah. like a definitely like Frankenstein. It's it. The whole thing. Frankenfurter in this case. Mm-hmm. Frankenfurter. Boy, oh boy. Where are we going with <laughs> I this? I don't know where are we going, where are we going the, with this. That was at the cinema the other week. Was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It pops up. It's like midnight it's, mid, mid, midnight movie for the twenty last the, the twenty sixth. The was, Rocky Horror Picture yeah. Show is that one movie you're just never ever going to get rid of. It's always mm-hmm. going to pop up somewhere. Yes, it's a cult didn't start classic. out. It didn't start out that way. No, but it ended up that way. Yes, and the new version that they did on Fox was really bad. It was. We've talked about that one. Yeah, it's it was. Um, wow. It's like, how could you make something so bad? Well, even <laughs> watching it on Glee was like, uh, 
Yeah, yeah but Glee was better than... Uh, yeah. like Glee was better than... <laughs> than but it was still awkward to watch yeah. on, on Glee type thing. So, Rocky. Rocky. So, Billy. Yes, yeah, sir. For you, what, what kind of encompasses science fiction? See, I, I think my version of it is the bigger part of the umbrella. To me, it's almost mm-hmm. anything that involves someone in outer space mm-hmm. or, like I said, laser fights. or mm-hmm. like Star Trek, to me, was my first um, exposure mm-hmm. in my head to uh, science fiction, but is Superman science fiction. Wayne, you're the big yeah. Superman fan. It depends, yes, because you've got he came from another planet. from another planet. But, you know... That could be wa- a monster movie, depending on your perspective. That's true. It has been. Yeah. Uh, Brightburn, which is the oh, I haven't seen evil that yet. version of Superman. I've heard about that one. <coughs> yeah. Isn't that just recent? Either. Yeah. Is that yeah. recent? Okay. I want it was to on see. Netflix, right? I don't know if it's on Netflix now, but it was at the theaters for a while. Mm-hmm. Like, but, I, I know Lord of the Rings isn't science fiction. It's fantasy. But you won't be able to convince the people that I work with that it's not. So it's really? science, you know, because it doesn't involve normal people doing normal things on they are what we consider right into sci-fi. Earth. Yeah. They are normal people doing normal things. Well, yeah. to the and but it's but it's definitely fantasy. Yeah, it's fantasy. But to the people to n- what I call normal people, people who <laughs> don't call themselves <laughs> the, geeks? the John DeTulios and the Brother mu- Weezes of the world, the, mm-hmm. mund- the mundanes? Yes. The mundanes. <laughs> the muggles. The muggles. muggles. There we go. <laughs> That's it. They're our, our version of muggles. Anything that isn't Scorsese or... You, you know, know, Scorsese's had a few words to say about the yeah. Marvel movies. And yeah. Coppola joined him recently. Yes. So, And we, we kind of talked a bit about this, I mm-hmm. think a little bit on Nerd World News. Dan and I were chatting about it. Um, so my response to Scor- Scorsese and Coppola is that they're not movie makers. Scorsese and mm-hmm. Coppola, they're artists. Okay, so their medium is film. Yes, but they're artists, they're painters, right? They're storytellers in their own way. It's the same way as fine art versus comic books. Yeah, and so you're not going to if your life is immersed in making art, then you're not going to be able to appreciate, you know, the the, the trials and tribulations of the MCU. You're not going to be able to to, to see that. That character development and that inspirational quality, and you know, there's there's a human struggle there within all of this flash and bang. You're you're not going to be able to appreciate that like the common folks like we are. Mm-hmm. You know, the folks who go to these movies because we love everything about the nuance of it. And then there's folks who go just because they want to see things blow up and people you know have cool powers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And that's cool too. It appeals to them. But you have artists and they're commenting on somebody else's work. And so I'm wondering. So I, I say that I'm like I'm trying to separate that, but I'm also saying you know wh- why should I care about their opinion yeah. to begin with? And now for Coppola, for Coppola, I have a very special message. I've got two words for you, Francis Ford Coppola, Godfather Three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Please stop talking right now. You know, I mean, it's like holy cow, really? You you throw out a dud, and you're going to go ahead and bang these people who've been making billions of dollars. Gotcha. Right. No problem. It's, it's not okay. about it's not about the billions of dollars. It really that's, isn't. When it comes right down to thing. it, it isn't. It really isn't. It's it is the art and the media. Look at, yeah, look at what will get nominated for an Academy Award this year, or a Directors Guild Award, or mm-hmm. any or a Screen Actors Guild Award. The only thing that might get nominated this year is Joker. I'm you. Billy was even saying something about that because of Joaquin Phoenix's performance. Yes, it it was amazing. It really was amazing Mm -hmm. how he portrayed Joker. But that's more like um, Robert De Niro and Taxi Driver. Yes. Than than because there are no heroes in Taxi Driver. No. It's just De Niro. Yeah, and isn't this the same kind of thing? It, it actually is. I, I made the same point. There isn't a likable <clears throat> character in Joker. So does that make Joker really a comic book, sci-fi, fantasy kind of movie, or is it more of a dramatic character piece? Only because it, he has Joker. a history uh-huh. He's of a comic being book hero. okay, yeah. a villain. It's like yeah. Catwoman, the Halle Berry Catwoman. Oh God, don't talk about that movie right now. But it was <laughs> Catwoman, the, but it wasn't Catwoman. Yes. It was Catwoman only because it has history of being Catwoman, but she got her powers from Bast, I think, uh-huh. and it had nothing to do with the D 
DC universe. No, it really didn't. Everybody, but everybody knew it did. She wore the same. It was the unspoken tie-in. Yes. Yeah. Uh, You know what? I'm going to talk about that movie just for a second. Because it wasn't horrible. It was close. Which one? God, Halle Berry's Catwoman. Catwoman. I think it was the it camera angles and the CGI. Razzies? Didn't it win all the Razzies? Oh, won all the Razzies. For me, what and really she worked to accept them. Yeah, I know. That's how brave that woman is. And that's why I love her so much. I respect her for that. Um, but I think the thing that really threw me off was the bad CGI and the the vibrating camera angles, and they were constantly running around like they're trying to give you that whole sense of the cat moving rapidly through every situation. But it, th- it made me nauseous. I was terrible. I couldn't watch the movie. I couldn't watch the cool action because of the way the camera angles were structured, the cinematography was structured, so it just enhanced the fact that the story was really not that strong. So that's what made it such a bad movie for me. But anyway, that's another story entirely. But back to the science fiction yes. thing. Is is Sin City science fiction? No. Wait. Why not? Because it's really not, in my opinion, it's not science related. I mean, it's a comic book movie. I know it's based on a graphic novel, but I don't see much in terms of No, it, it, futurism. I would say it's not... Oh. You know, I don't see much in terms of futurism in that movie. It's just a regular, like, uh, cop show. Yeah. Just... But to me, the world that it inhabits is pretty similar in my... Just in the way I view it to, like, mm-hmm. Escape... Uh, Escape from New, New York. York yeah. yeah. It's sort of... Uh, sort of... It, it, but What's Escape from New York, in, in its own way, is, yeah. is more of an action movie than a science fiction movie. Yeah, it, but it, creates it only that. takes place... It takes place in the future. Mm-hmm. They, they injected Kurt Russell with that little... Ex- Nano-exploder. Yeah. Which doesn't exist. I mean, the, to me, that has science fiction elements. And they've, and, and they've walled off New York City. They walled off Manhattan. Which is tempting. <laughs> but outside of that, it's just... I don't know. It, it depends on what makes science fiction. Because yeah. if you look at Flowers for Algernon... Um, that doesn't have a whole lot of science fiction. It just has that they fixed a guy who was basically had some he was mentally retarded. Well, that yeah. was the way they described it back then. Yes. I mean, we can safely say we're not trying to be, you know, a judgmental or anything like that. The person was classified as as mentally handicapped. And then they fixed him, and then he his life changed. He wasn't the same person. Right. And. Then he started getting worse again, and then he regressed. Yes, because the, it didn't take on a permanent he got level. Back to being a ha- was he better as smart or was he better not smart? We we did this play when I was in high school. It was the first time I was ever on stage. I had mm-hmm. a part in the play. I was not Charlie. Um, I was one of the lab assistants or anything like that. But I, I remember watching it kind of unfolding and watching the story. And you get to know a story when you're when you're playing in it. Mm-hmm. And it felt to me that the message was is be comfortable with who you are right not about what you know other people want you to be and and that's that was what i that was my takeaway from it is you know you see this rise and fall and then you know it's essentially a rise again of charlie mm-hmm. uh in this in the main character because yeah he was a very easygoing soul he just he was happy he knew he had limitations he didn't care you know he had a a, a decent life for somebody who had a challenge mm-hmm. uh and, and people then, loved him yeah and then he became this phenomenon uh, and then he regressed, and it, it, it when he was the phenomenon, you could see the stress uh, of society. You could see that because he understood how he's being viewed. Right, he understood how he was being viewed. He also understood what he was, what he was missing. Yes, because of his change. Yes. So I, it, you know, for me, stuff like that, I don't, you know, it could probably qualify as science fiction because of the procedure that created the whole story mm-hmm. flow. Um, but I saw that more of a character piece because you see this. Yeah, this flow, this arc of the, of the character itself. So that was kind of cool. I didn't expect to talk about that one. That's neat. I can honestly say I haven't ever read it. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's a good it's a good play. It's a good Cliff Robertson movie. Also. Yeah, I was gonna say that's. Yeah. Is it similar in a way to the uh, <coughs> Robin Williams movie Awakenings? Yes. Yeah, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. In a lot of ways, yeah. Where the people? Yeah, it's ex- it's almost exactly like Awakenings. And De Niro's in that one, isn't he? Yes, yes. De Niro's. He's in the that patient. One. Yep. Right. He's the one who gets his gets awake. Right. And then you find out, wow, I've been awake, and what have I missed? And you've missed a lot. So is science fiction about setting? I mean, it's start, like a lot of episodes of Star Trek uh-huh. could be done as not Star Trek. You could yeah. put them 
Just character pieces, yeah. dramas, yeah. you know, crime procedurals. Mm-hmm. You know, you could put them anywhere. You could take that story out, modify the setting and the characters, and boom, you've got yourself some good old-fashioned human drama. And I think that's one of Star Trek's strong suits, is even being Doctor able to connect. Who? Doctor Who does Doctor the same who, thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Doctor Who, you don't even... You, some there are, there are some episodes you don't even need the time travel aspect of the show. It's just the, the engine to get you into the situation. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's why these particular shows are so appealing. Star Wars is often talked about as the penultimate science fiction by the people who don't armchair quarterback it like we do, right? Mm-hmm. But you can take Star Wars story, lift it out of George Lucas's world universe there. Which, which he stole from other <clears throat> sources. Every, oh, well, yeah, he's never, never been ashamed to yeah. admit that either. Uh, and, and then you can drop it into Arthurian legend. Yeah. You can drop it into modern day. I mean, it's a Western. You know, it's, it's a, a Western. It's this, it's that, it's that. And the other it's thing. A you classic can, good versus evil. Yeah. yeah. You can adapt it for an episode of Firefly mm-hmm. for all we yeah. care. You know, and that's, I think, the, the way that Star Trek, Star Wars, Doctor Who, these things have become so popular is because of the way they can connect on several different levels. But I know a bunch of people that won't see and haven't seen Star Wars, won't watch Doctor Who mm-hmm. because they are science fiction. Yeah. Well, the Julio. Yeah. He talks about it often. Yeah. It's so <laughs> oh, weird. He, he's my arch enemy. It's he's so my joker. Weird. <laughs> or I'm his joker. I seriously, I've said this before. I would love Isn't, to. Wouldn't you. Con- I would love, I, ask him if he likes quick. Rudy. I would, I would just. Yeah, Rudy. There you go. <laughs> oh, I throw out stuff like that all the time, to be honest with you. I, I mean, would love to bring him in for a recording with us. Mm-hmm sometime bring him to the podcast for a, for an afternoon so so we could talk about yeah. his opinion of things and so I want to I don't want to challenge him too hard but I yeah. want to see why he says what he says about these things I almost wonder if he's if he's that dyed in the wool because he just wants to get a rise out of people no you know he's really just that <laughs> yeah he's that, he's guy. that he's that guy I heard I heard him on his own show for many years before uh-huh. I ever knew him where if his producers brought up uh-huh Star Wars Star Trek he you just know, would and, shut it down. Yeah. I would like, love to bring him in to ask Dale him why. His producer Dale is a big nerd, too. And, yeah. And he brings it up, and his uh, reaction. I love that the time that you watched. got him, when, when you because he was talking about fantasy football with Moran, uh-huh. and you That's went D&D. running into the studio yeah. and started challenging him on, basically set it up. Yeah. And then he set it up, and he, he was like, he knew where you were going like about halfway through the comment. But yeah, it's D&D for jocks. Yeah. It's really yeah. it. Uh-huh. And and you had him. You're drafting you drafting your team. had him. Yeah. And he just he sneak he snuck out of it because he just well, didn't. Well, want he it. considers also- sports real, but they're only real because someone sat down and made up rules, just like you make up rules for Dungeons and Dragons. Right. You guys, when you play your games, you have rules. a set of rules, and this is what you do, and that's exactly what football and baseball and yeah. basketball are—a set of rules. Well, does he so play board pe- games? I doubt it. Yeah, I doubt it. Not unless his wife makes. I can't him. imagine it's too fun in the Dutilio household. Well, I'm just he, saying. Crimes against humanity. Cards, <laughs> against humanity. cards against humanity. Yeah, would it be crimes against humanity in that house? <laughs> oh, he I has his own game. fun, and that's fine. But yeah, I guess you know it's something for everybody. Yeah, but it's. I would love to have somebody like that in the studio with us sometime. But just my so we point, kind of my point is, you're allowed why. to like more yeah. than one right. thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a thing. That's a thing. I can like both sports and comic books. Mm-hmm. I do. And I'm fine with it. Yep. So, I don't know. That's just me. And we know that John's not going to be listening to this podcast no. whatsoever. <laughs> so I don't think he could find a podcast. <laughs> oh, so he's a Luddite, too. Yeah, maybe. I, no, actually, <laughs> I, I'm going to give more credit than that. He'll find podcasts. But. His daughter will find it. Yeah. Yeah. His uh, social media his secretary. Social, sto- social media. Gemma, the Wonder yeah. Girl. Yep. <laughs> anyway. We love you, Tatulio. No, we yeah, don't. I, 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 do. <laughs> I do. I know he's good. He's good people. He's just weird. We're just we're just picking on I him just, in regards. Know. And he to considers this. us weird. So. Well, good. That's uh, all. It's, okay. yeah, it's all balancing. Well, out. that's how it used to be. Uh huh. All science but, fiction but the, people but we were are weird. The world. And now we shall yeah, inherit the earth. His phone. His his whole world is us. Yeah developed by us yeah is sports and everything is developed by us Mm -hmm. but you know my first real taste of of science fiction book you know i I grew up as i was well i discovered doctor who when i was eight star trek was a given thing that was on syndication so i got i remember seeing it all the time star wars i saw that when i was seven yeah i get all that but i think the first book that i felt was science fiction was hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy Yes, it is. See, that was <coughs> way after I discovered science fiction. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was in junior high, mm-hmm. high school. Oh, I think probably. I got 
a copy mm-hmm. signed by Adams. Nice. Yeah, me too. Did yeah. you go when he came here to uh, RIT U yeah, of R? Yeah, and when he came here. Yes. Same thing with Harlan Ellison when he came here. I was twelve when I discovered Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I remember mm-hmm. reading it in my room at home, and just laughing and laughing and laughing. Yeah. Uh, and my mother, you know, asked me what I was reading. Mm-hmm. I said, "Oh, it's just this British, this British sci-fi funny book, mm-hmm. sci-fi comedy book." Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Because my mom loved everything British. I mean, I was raised on PBS. That's how right. I discovered That's Doctor where Who. Everything and, is. Yeah. That's and, how I discovered Doctor Who and, and all creatures great and, and small you can and Blake feel Seven and stuff like that. Douglas Adams, you know, ad- admiration mm-hmm. of that just outright, you know, love of Monty Python. Oh That's yeah. Where Doctor, that, that's where I'm, Hitchhiker's get Doctor Who. Di, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Got a lot of it. sense humor. of humor is from Monty Python to me. And I and, honestly think, Tanya, if you ever got a chance to read this book, I think you'd enjoy it. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm glaring at Philly because he's oh, brought she, up Monty Python she twice. She hates Monty Python. <laughs> she doesn't hate Monty Python. She just is not familiar with it. It's like it's she tried to, to be the, familiar the with dead, it. I think she's going to give her points for trying. Sketch. Oh, that's the best. That's classic. Are you talking about the dead parrot? Yes. yes. <laughs> He's bleeding demised. <laughs> He's pining for the fjords. I've paid for an argument. Yeah. <laughs> See, Tanya's done. You've never read Hitchhiker's Guide then? No, I have not. Okay. You won't like it. Doctor Who's in it. Yeah. Um, Peter Davidson's in it. Mm-hmm. I've seen the movie Zathura. Which one? Zathura. Zathura? Oh, oh the, the, yeah. based that's, on the game. That's the, the game. science fiction Jumanji. Yes. yes. Yeah. This is, that's the science fiction yeah. Jumanji. It, it really is. is when you're going to get down to it. Although, is Jumanji science fiction? No. Maybe yes. Uh, it has kind of a magical aspect to it. There's really but no. Magic is science fiction. Well, yeah, magic Clark, is. Clark's Law. That's where the umbrella comes in. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Almost anything that just doesn't happen in real life can almost be science fiction. That's true. No, it doesn't happen in real life yet. Yeah, is, is a lot of science fiction science fact nowadays, at least partially? Um, tablets, cell phones. Mm-hmm. Cell phones were developed The tricorder. After. Well, yeah, I yes. mean, you can take the technology aspect of it and you can say what inspired what. You know, here, well, we got a lot of this idea from, from Star Wars or in Star Trek and stuff like that. Um, but I, I think that is more of a cause and effect type of a thing. I was thinking a lot more esoterically to Billy's question about is science fiction science fact. And I think it depends on how far your society has actually progressed Oh, we haven't progressed anywhere. We haven't progressed anywhere because of we have we're still we're in the second dark ages right now. Just about you know, in, in its own way. But the Renaissance will come and, and we'll boost forward again. Uh, but you know, we have you know, like Jules Verne wrote about submarines. Submarines and men on the moon. We have submarines and we've had men on the moon. Uh, so in that case, science fan, science fiction from the eighteen hundreds is now science fact of the nineteen hundreds and two thousands. Mm-hmm. You know, so you can see that kind of evolutionary progression of things. You look back at it now, and now it's a documentary. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. more than or a uh, or a wish list than, you know, than a fantasy aspect of it. Uh, so when do we get like you know, honest to God, spaceships that can travel interstellar? Well, that's probably a little ways off yet. So, um, what's his <laughs> name? Um, Werner von Braun. He was expecting by now we'd have bases on the moon, bases on Mars, space stations. Mm-hmm. We'd be going interstellar. We could have had it, too. I th- yeah, honestly, we if we were determined enough, but uh, our space program fell victim to optics and politics. It always does. And that's, that's the thing, is we're always going to have to deal with optics and politics. And once we can conquer that short-sightedness, we'll be able to do a lot more. I don't see things a lot of, a lot of that stuff in our lifetime. But we can hope that they lay the, the groundwork to get out of their own way so they can do it. That's a thing. Well, so. when I was a kid and p- people landed on the moon, I was saying, oh, well, this is going to be... This is going to be awesome. This is going to be awesome. In like 20, 30 years, we'll have bases. And it's like, no. We yep. kind of like totally went backwards from that. Oops, sorry. Oop. That was me. We actually have that people that legitimately don't even yeah. think we landed on the moon. There's people who still think the world is flat. That's amazing <laughs> to me. Yes, it it's is. Not. It's not. <laughs> I, I don't understand it, and you, you can't convince them. No. No. Whereas, where's the Jetsons? I want, I mean, the Jetsons was came around in the 60s. Yeah. yeah. So that was, that may have been my first. Your first ex, sci-fi. Ex, more than Star Trek, Jetsons were before Star Trek for me. Right. So I'm going to go Jetsons were my first 
That works. Maybe Star Johnny Trek. Quest. Johnny Quest was cool. That had a lot of really interesting elements to it. And I think Johnny Quest was was cooler by the virtue of the fact that it had no fear to go into those particular no. ideas. It would it would hit mysticism. It would hit magic. It would hit science fiction. It would mm-hmm. hit ray guns and monsters and aliens and things like that. And so that was kind of neat. I liked that series. Now, a, a <clears throat> bit ago, while the reason I just made that noise over here on my computer, I was looking something up, mm-hmm. and uh, we're talking about spaceships and traveling, and it got me thinking, Jetsons and the flying car. Kevin Smith made a short with the two characters from Clerks, uh, okay. Randall and Dante, uh-huh. asking, "Whatever, ha- why? how come we don't have flying cars? I got to hear and this. And that's why I, I pulled this up. Nice. As soon, of course, it played loud before. Here we go. Dante and Randall are stuck in traffic. Right, I remember the scene. like this, it occurs to me we were lied to by the Jetsons. What are you talking about? According to that show, we were supposed to be tooling around in flying cars by now. You see any flying cars lately? That's the problem with TV. It always lies to us. Yeah, well, most of us rational thinkers weren't banking on a cartoon to offer us a viable glimpse into the future of technological development. You don't think anyone anywhere is working on the flying car? (sighs) I could care less. I gotta believe there's somebody else out there thinking about the flying car besides me. Someone who's not afraid to throw their hats over the wall for the good of mankind. What's that supposed to mean? Throw their hats over the wall? It means committing to doing something. If more people threw their hats over the wall, we wouldn't be sitting in this mess right now. We'd be zooming over it in the flying car. I see you've given us a lot of thought. Kennedy, all right? JFK himself, when he was in office, he stood before the world and he promised them a man on the moon within 10 years. The thing is, nobody had started working on the space program at that point. JFK had no data to back up his claim, no insight into the practicality of space travel. But you know what he had? Marilyn Monroe. The man had sack. The man had the sack to stand before the world and say, yo, yo, get this, we're going to the moon. Imagine if you and I were the kind of guys who had the sack to stand before the world and say, get this, we'll all be in the flying car by the end of the year. Do you know you have a one-track mind? Hey, what would you be willing to trade for the flying car? What do you mean? Say some German scientist comes up to you and he says, I have invented the flying car. I'll give it to you on one condition. Well, what's the condition? He's not going to tell you. Then it's no deal. The guy is offering you the flying car. Yeah, but there's obviously a catch. Who cares what the catch is? It's the flying car. You'll have the only one in the world. And why is this German scientist? Yavo. Why is he offering it to me for free instead of one of the car companies instead? What is this murder, she wrote? Who cares what's behind the mystery? You gonna look a gift horse in the mouth? Just take the car, man. Not until I know what the catch is. Fine. The catch is you've got to cut off a foot. No way. Are you saying you wouldn't cut off your foot we for got the another flying car? Oh, yeah, yeah, because I, I know... It's it, my it, foot. How am I supposed to dialogue. walk? What walk? You'll have the flying car. Good God, you could sell the design and engineering secrets to the car companies and be a multi-billionaire. After that, you could buy, like, 50 prosthetic feet. Which foot? Right or left? Your choice. Okay, I'll trade my left foot for the flying car. Why your left foot? Yeah, it's got an ingrown toenail. Listen to you. Guy offers you the fire from Olympus, that is the flying car, and you trade him a bum foot? You said I could pick! So it's a deal then, your foot for the flying car, you're sure? Yes, I'm sure. You can't welch. I won't welch! Because the whole world is counting on you. Why the whole world all of a sudden? Because the German scientist held a press conference when he made you the offer. He told the world media once the trade is made, you can do whatever you want with the flying car, including mass market affordable model for consumer purchase. What the hell kind of scientist is this guy anyway? One with a lot of free time on his hands. <laughs> and a foot fetish. So, are you in? You gonna do the right thing here? Yes. So it's a deal? Yes. Okay. So, then what happens is you find out the guy's gonna take off your foot with a hacksaw. What? And no anesthetic. Oh, screw that. Come on, it's part of the deal. You didn't say that before. Well, you should have paid a lawyer to look over the contract. But come on, it only hurts when they're taking the foot off. Kevin After Smith that, they'll dialogue. use a local on your stump and corduroys the wound. Well, why can't I have a local before he cuts it off? Because he is a sick degenerate that likes to inflict pain. You said he was a man of science! You don't think <laughs> Einstein liked hacking guys' feet off, but nobody ever said anything about it because he was one of the greatest thinkers of our time? But come on, man! Take the hit for the team! It's a few seconds of pain for a lifetime of riches and zero traffic. Fine! As long as I get the local as soon as he's done cutting. So you want the local? Who am I, the Marquis de Sade? Yes, I want the local. All right. Why'd you say it like that for? 
Hey, it's just the local he gives you knocks you out. And when you're out, he diddles your peenie. Oh, come on. <laughs> hey, man, ah. you made the deal. To trade my foot for the flying car, not to be tortured and molested by some mad German scientist. And his friends. What? Just when he's done with you, he gives his friends a shot at you, too. Deal's off. What, are you, some kind of homophobe? <laughs> no, I just don't want to be diddled by some insane German scientist and his friends after they've hacked my foot off. Need I remind you this is for the flying car? It ain't worth it. See? You're what's wrong with this country. Hell, with this world, you're always thinking about your own comfort level, never thinking about the rest of us. This country was built on sacrifice, and nearly 30 years of living a life full of selfish foot pampering and intergender intercourse has made you too soft to throw your hat over the wall for the good of mankind. And what's worse is, not only do you ruin it for the rest of us with the flying car, but you completely blow the notion of American nobility in the process. The children of the world have no heroic figure to emulate, so the future of mankind continues on its downward spiral into entropy and mass extinction until all that was once great about the human race lies buried in the primordial stew to which we'll most certainly return thanks to you and your ilk's refusal to reach for the stars. And you'll forever be remembered as the sad footnote in the book of life, the wimpy little scumbag who could have breached the chasm of becoming and being, but instead opted to cover his own ass and foot in the process. All right! I'll go through with the deal. I'll let the German scientists hack my foot off, then him and his friends can have their way with me, all for the flying car. You'd do it with a bunch of guys just to get a car? I thought I knew you, man. <laughs> Classic Kevin Smith dialogue, man. The flying car. <laughs> the flying car. All, all because um, we were talking science I'm fiction. I'm telling you, that's that. I'm like, wow. Now I've got nothing left at this point. Um, I would say let's just go to break at this point because that was that. I can't. I can't top can't, that. Can't. Come I can't. I can't compete that. with that. No. That's phenomenal. Which is basically just the Flintstones in a different setting. Mm -hmm. Yes. And a flying car. And a flying car. (laughs) Meet George Jetson. His boy, Elroy. We're getting sued from so many people for this episode. We sorry, hope. Kevin Smith. <laughs> we hope. But that would be great. This is Wayne's idea. I could, yeah. I could, I could use the publicity right now. Well, didn't he want to be sued by somebody? Yeah, exactly. Okay. I wanted to be sued by Disney. Wait until uh, next week when we reenact the entire uh, Star Wars trilogy. There it is. There we go. We're back. Beautiful. Oh, boy. Oh, Tanya. Yes, Christopher. Help bail me out of this... Uh, <laughs> no, not co- doing Confluence it. of insanity. Uh, yes. We have events coming up. We do. We do. It's oh. a thing. Mini, 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 Yes. We have mini con coming at you like a spider monkey on December mm-hmm. 7th oh, oh, and 8th at the um, center at Grease Ridge. Yes. Grease Ridge um, Center Mall. And the uh, movie theater wing right near Lollipop Farm. Yes. Yes. And Billy will go and go, oh, look at your kitty. I'm bringing home a sixth cat. <laughs> <laughs> Susan's like, no, you're not. No, Actually, that, I wonder what movies are opening that weekend. We can all meet at the movies. That'd be fun. Yeah. That'd be good. When's Star Wars opening? December 19th of tw- December. Yeah, 19th oh. is oh. a fan thing, and I have my tickets for December 20th already. Okay. Um, Like, yeah. Uh, so, yes, come on down. Um, We'll have vendors get your last-minute Christmas gifts for your uh, neat, nerdy, geeky, needy, whatever friends. Needy? Needy. Needy. We have needy friends. Yes, yes that we have happens. lots of needy friends. But um, I believe the um, Funko Pop people mm-hmm. are in. We saw them yep. the other day. We are. So they are. 
they're little girls getting so big. I know. She's adorable. Yeah, I, she saw her, saw I have so many Funko Pops and not like, I mean, I was in early on those. You can never have any and that many. I, I, I can never have enough. I, I can't, I can't believe like how they exploded. Yeah. It's like your Funko Pops exploded. I, when they first came out, I had a bunch of the DC ones, the Batmans and mm-hmm. the Super. And I bet you don't have an Alice and Mac. I don't have an Alice and Mac. They don't even make that one anymore. Uh, there's somebody who will custom make you an Alice and Mac. But yeah. the, did they have a Chloe from Smallville? No. Oh. Will it be her complete Nexium package? I asked for, can I have a whip? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I asked, can it have a branding iron? <laughs> okay. Yikes. Uh, that scares me. It comes in a complete package with Nikki so, Klein. And then I'd like, hey, wait, you guys are doing FC3. Yes. Can you get Allison Mack? I'm pretty sure she's cheap and um, available. I, I, well, I don't know. I, it depends on her parole officer right now. She probably has to do, you know, community service. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're community service. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> I'm gonna have to say no. That's probably not gonna be a thing that happens. We would make soon. the news. Yes. yes, we would make the news for all the wrong reasons. We'd be on CNN Is- and. There is no I, you, bad You guys are going to have to explain this to me because afterwards because what? I don't know what you're talking about. All right. We'll talk about it later when, <laughs> you're, when you're older. Wow. <laughs> yeah. What? I want to meet Allison Mack now. I'm with Wayne. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah. So, December 7th and 8th uh, <laughs> will be uh, Minicon at the Grease Ridge Center. <laughs> What's wrong, Chris? I'm just laughing at, at that and, and previous I need, conversation. I need all. to um, correct the event from last week. Uh-huh. Um, trivia night is actually November 6th, not the 9th. I had the wrong okay. date. I'm looking at um, the, the next two that are scheduled are the 6th and the 20th, and we will see how well the 6th goes, um, and we might turn the 20th into a game night. We're not sure. Okay. But those are the things that are going on in there. They're scheduled through April of 2020. So mm-hmm. we're there. We we can be there. It's just a matter of we want people to come in right. and come play and hang out with us. And have a good that time. That type of stuff. Have and, fun. Have a reason to get and, out of the house. Yeah. And then, of course, Star Wars comes out on December 19th, 19th. and 20th. There's a fan. So looking forward to that movie. Yes. So looking forward to that movie. I remember when the trailer hit recently. And I watched, I like, I think I watched it like four or five times because it was just so cool. But then I watched it on YouTube, and the very first comment was this guy was like, "This movie's just, I'm going to tell everybody now, this movie's going to suck." And I'm like, "Oh, congratulations for your ability to have such great foresight." So you've seen the movie at this point? No. How about then he just shut the hell up? You know, I'm so tired of people trying to trash. Yeah, you guys were doing nerd world news Monday, that Monday night, yeah. and I was buying my tickets. <laughs> <coughs> Yeah. It's just you know how that meant he, there was like two less people to be on. Yeah, I know. On seriously, phone trying to get tickets when you can get one. I got craziness. six. Craziness, so. crazy, and crazy, then craziness. After December, we are going to be in full full gear. mode um, to I May thirtieth and thirty first. Yep, there will be another minicon coming at us in the spring before the big show. Yeah, I don't know how so, we're going to pull that all off, but okay. Yeah, well, probably another one with no. We're cars. just that good at it, I suppose. Yes. Hey, Billy. Yes, sir. I have a question of the week for you. Okay. Let's hope I have an answer. If authors covered novels in the oh, way yeah. musicians covered songs, which covered no- novel would you most like to read? For instance, um, Stephen King covers Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, mm-hmm. or J.K. Rowling covers E.L. James's Fifty Shades of Grey. Okay. Uh, she has. J.K. Rowling covered... Well, not that one, but Fifty she Shades made of Grey? an adult version of... She what? made some adult version book. Interesting. But anyway, so as I was saying, if you have an author and a story com- combination, what would you like to see? Let's see. Let's choose a favorite author. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephen King is a... Pr- see, I read a lot of nonfiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, shoot. Let me. I, I should have thought harder about this <laughs> while I was babbling before the flying car was playing. Mm-hmm. Okay, Kevin Smith covers... The Stand. Nice. <laughs> oh, my God. That's hilarious. I want Kevin Smith to do a version of The Stand. He has <coughs> written books, so he counts uh-huh. in my world. Uh-huh. And um, Shatner's written books. Yes. There you go. <laughs> but I want to see what he'd do with the uh, remaining people on Earth after a virus wipes them out, and how Kevin Smith would deal with the, uh, the uh, sort of describing what goes on through the virus and how it spreads. and. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to see his end Randall of the world. And Dante. Seriously. Yeah. 
Randall and Dante survive. Mm-hmm. That'd be that'd Silent be Bob wouldn't phenomenal. have much dialogue in the book. Uh huh. But be in there. A lot of action. Yeah. You'd see a lot no, of, a lot of description. Just the the regular characters. Your your Stu and your yeah. Randall Flag and let's see how what Kevin Smith would do at the stand. Okay. All right, Tanya. What do you think? I've been mulling this over for a little while, and I'm like, wasn't sure which way I'd go, but I think I'm gonna have to go George R. R. Martin. Okay. And the Twilight Saga. Oh my God, that'd be hilarious. That would be Everyone hilarious. Would die. Everybody would be dead. Helicopter crashes, STDs, Vampires would not sparkle. No. Yeah, no. It'd be amazing. It it would just be this huge red wedding. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen the Muppets version of, uh, it was, what, Game of of Chairs? No. Uh Oh, where they did, they did Game of Thrones, but they had the Muppets instead. Okay. And was it, they they had the Muppet versions of... Jamie and, Jamie and all those Cersei. guys. And, and Jamie, after Jamie uh, loses the chair, he says, well, I got to go to a wedding. And it was like, this is um, Sesame Street. Oh, boy. <laughs> and it's like, I know the kids don't get it, but everybody who's seen yeah. Game of Thrones gets it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. How about you, Wayne? Um, let's see. I don't know. I'd have to say if you got maybe... Somebody do Starship Troopers. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, who would be a good... Oh, David Weber doing Starship Troopers. That'd be good. All right. Oh. I'm going to try again. Dr. Seuss uh-huh. doing oh. Jurassic Park. Oh, my God. That'd be freaking hilarious. <laughs> oh, boy. That'd be hilarious. I just want to see what he'd rhyme with uh, Brontosaurus. There you go. Do you think he saw us? Yeah. Um, for me, I because I, I, this this question is just so out there to begin with. Uh, it would be the late Douglas Adams rewriting mm-hmm. the Fifty Shades of Grey. Ooh, yeah. Because that's just to me that's because the only way you can treat it is by making it into a comedy. Mm-hmm. So, um, also Stephen King rewriting something, anything. Yeah. You know, um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah. You know, or or Lord of the Rings. Stephen King rewrites Lord of the Rings. Okay. That would be that would be cool in my book. I think yeah. that would be a badass story right there. It would be. Mm-hmm. Um, so those would be my guesses on that one. And as always, if you have some two cents on that one, if you know of an author and a story that you'd like to see them quote unquote cover, well, uh, go ahead and add it to our Twitter feed. Cover to cover. Cover to cover, and uh, let us know what you think about it. So I think we're good for a week. Okay. We're good for the week. We're good for the week. Cool. That's it. So thanks again, Wayne, for joining us. Yeah, no problem. Hope to see you again soon. Yeah. You're always welcome. And uh, so for Billy, for Tanya, for me, and for Wayne, this has been, there it is, Monkey Business, a product of the Mighty Monkey Corporation, purveyors and producers of the Flower City Comic Con, coming at you at full throttle, May 30th and 31st of 2020. The Total Sports Experience in Gates. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us wherever we go, and we will lead you to where the entertainment is. Y'all have a great week. Be good. Have fun. Madness. Madness, I call it.